Many of us spend a lot of time trying to avoid suffering. We try to push it away and not experience it. We don't want to suffer and we don't want others to suffer. So instead of studying suffering closely, really understanding it and understanding that it's a part of life and that it might be trying to communicate something to us, we instead try to avoid it, to push it away. In doing that, we actually create more suffering for ourselves. As I like to tell a lot of people that I work with, whatever we resist persists. Holding on to or attaching to anything will create suffering. Life isn't suffering, but life with strong attachments does lead to con chronic stress and suffering. Uh, I heard once Joseph Goldstein ask, how many ice cream cones or vacations have you had? How many will it take to satisfy? We're usually looking for our next hit of pleasure and momentary bliss to counter whatever pain or, or suffering we're experiencing. And if we're paying close attention, we find that our satisfaction is fleeting and our hunger for that bliss is, is pretty constant. Peace and ease can become a constant as well. It is possible when we can accept pain and pleasure with equanimity. This is what creates suffering, wishing that things were different than they are. And this is what creates peace, accepting everything as it is. Sitting in an upright but relaxed posture, taking a moment to just make sure that your body is as comfortable as you can make it. And closing your eyes or softening your gaze if you'd like. Sit and know that you are sitting. And softening the belly. And as you relax the belly, noticing that you are breathing. Notice the moment-to-moment -moment physical sensations of the in-breath and the out-breath. Perhaps noting to yourself very gently in and out. Pain or discomfort can come from one of two places, either the internal or external environment. 
if even the mildest pain or discomfort comes up, let's see if we can be with it a little bit. See if you can be curious about it. And notice what our curiosity does to the pain itself. Does it lessen or intensify the discomfort? If and when that, that discomfort subsides, you can just gently move your attention back to the breath. Keep coming back to the anchor. Noticing the micro-sensations of this breath and this breath. What are you aware of now? This is not a time to judge ourselves, but to simply wake up by noticing what's here now.
What are you aware of now? What smell or vision or color or sight are you aware of? What sound? What sensation in the body? Maybe even a taste in the mouth. What thoughts are you aware of? What emotions are you aware of? What out of all those things is most prevalent and easiest to be aware of? When you're ready, if you'd like, you can begin to wiggle your fingers and toes very gently, noticing the sensations of the movement. You can open your eyes, note that seeing is happening. Recognize the room or the world around you. I'd like to finish with one of my of a story that I once heard that I really enjoyed. There was a young woman from a wealthy family who was happily married 
to an important merchant when her only son was one year old. He fell ill and died suddenly. The woman was struck with grief. She could not bear the death of her only child. Weeping and groaning, she took her, her dead baby in her arms and went from house to house, begging all the people in the town for news of a way to bring her son back to life. Of course, nobody could help her, but she would not give up. Finally, she came across a Buddhist who advised her to go and see the Buddha himself. When she carried the dead child to the Buddha and told him her sad story, he listened with patience and compassion. And then he said to her, There is only one way to solve your problem. Go and find me four or five mustard seeds from any family in which there has never been a death. She was filled with hope and set off straight away to find such a household. She traveled quickly to the first home. The family welcomed her in and were more than happy to offer the mustard seed. Though they also shared their grief about their departed family member. Without too much worry, she traveled to another home. Again, she was invited in and her story was heard. It sparked the family to tell the story of their youngest family member that had tragically died just a year ago. Very soon she discovered that every family she visited had experienced the death of one person or another. At last she understood what the Buddha had wanted her to find out for herself, that suffering is a part of life, and death comes to us all. None of it is personal. Once she accepted the fact that death is inevitable, her grieving lightened. She took the child's body away and later returned to the Buddha to become one of his followers. Thank you for your practice.